Pastor Ben. There we go. Thanks, babe. Good morning. <laughs> Thank you for your uh, very kind welcome, and so good to spend some time with you here this morning. Uh, I am a part of the family here, even if I have not yet met you, uh, but I am a part of the family, so I feel like I'm amongst family this morning. I uh, hope that's okay. I even oat, <laughs> I ate a muffin on the way over here this morning, and it was awesome, and I feel like you need to know that this morning. Uh, but I am Apostles Greg and Julie's son-in-law. And so my wife, Cindy, their daughter, would be here with me as well, sends her love and greetings, but she has to preach in our church this morning. And so we kind of, you know, split up for the day. Uh, But she's certainly here in in spirit and texting me during the service saying she wished she could be here. And we have the other part of the family here as well, which is Ben and Dashi, uh, which are (laughs) Greg and Julie's son, Ben. So a lot of Bens. If you're wondering who anybody is, just say Ben. And because my son is called Ben as well. And I think the odds are in your favor. And and then uh, and then Dashi as well. And so. We have the whole family reunion happening here today, which I think is pretty cool. Um, Truly, um, your pastors, Brad and Sarah, and isn't little Zara just, oh my goodness, the cutest little thing, uh, she will steal your heart and, uh, and whatever else she wants off you, because you will not dare say no to her. Uh, she is a beautiful little thing and she has a way of getting what she wants because she's so adorable. Uh, but your pastors, Brad and Sarah um, and Apostles Greg and Julie, are truly just the two best couples and the greatest family. And so God must truly love you because you have the very best. And then, of course, we have Richard and Carol as well. Just the whole family, all the generations, the powerhouses. Surgery can't keep you down and you're here and it's, come on, that's a, that is a really great thing. So uh, for me to be able to spend some time with you this morning is very meaningful for me personally to be able to spend a service with you and be in your church today uh, is special for me. And so I'm so thankful that you'd open up your hearts to, uh, to have me here this morning. I think your facility is fantastic, by the way, uh, from the first time I saw it uh, with Brad and Sarah um, you know what? I said it just, it feels good. You know, when you walk into a place and you just say it feels good, uh, feels like it was made to be a church. Um, it's in a great location. I think this is a really exciting chapter for you um, in your journey as a church. And I thought I'd just do what I can this morning to speak into that, speak into your journey um, that you're on as a church. I think it's a very exciting step that you're at, you're at after these years to be here and just to see what God has opened up for you. Uh, it's a pretty awesome uh, thing. And in fact, Sarah, you may not know this with all of the remodels that happened, but I saw it with my own eyes. And unless I saw it, trust me, I wouldn't have believed it. But she was the one in here physically doing the laboring work. And I came in one day and she's up on a ladder with like a drill. I mean, you're talking power tools. I'm like, all right, nothing's fallen down. We're okay. That's a joke. Uh, it was actually very, uh, it was very impressive just to see the 
personal sacrifice and hard work of your pastors. And I think that's a great window into the way they live their lives uh, for this church, the sacrifice, the, the, the heart um, for you. And uh, I can see why you're a great group of people. And so this morning, I want to speak into your journey, uh, both as an individual and uh, hopefully as a, as a church and really, in fact, in every area of life. And we're going to take a look at the subject of faith this morning, look at a few scriptures, go to the Word of God. I love faith. I think that we need as much faith as what we can get. And we need as much teaching on faith and preaching on faith to help us all uh, grow our faith in different areas. I know in this room that if we were to take some time and just pass the microphone around and say, hey, just give us 60 seconds on your dream in life. Give us a minute to share your hopes and your aspirations that if we were to pass the microphone around, we would be amazed at the dreams and the hopes and the vision that is in this room where people would say, I've got a dream to to start a business or I've got aspirations to progress in my career to get to this point. And some of you would say, and just what God is doing in my life, I know he's put gifts in my life and I've got a dream one day to be doing certain things with those gifts. Maybe there are business people here and you say, you know what, I've got, I've got dreams to grow. I've got dreams to expand. Families have dreams. And maybe one day you say, I want to see my kids here in the house of God, worshiping and lifting up the name of Jesus. We all have hopes and we all have dreams and we all have vision in our life. The challenge is the gap between now and the reality of those dreams. The timing between our present state and all that God has for our lives. It's in that season that truly we are tested and developed and refined to become all that God has called us to be. And I've noticed something about my own life, um, and I think it's fairly universal, perhaps just to human nature, when it comes to how we're wired, that over time, we start off with a lot of passion and a lot of dreams, momentum. But given a bit of time and maybe given an unexpected challenge or two, throw in a storm, add in a crisis that you didn't see coming, a few dilemmas, a few unsolvable problems, and soon... The faith that once was up here, believing that God can truly do the impossible, starts to come down to our present circumstances and reality. And so over time, we start to just kind of take the normal, the mundane, the daily routine of life. It becomes our holding pattern. It becomes our autopilot, it becomes our level of expectation of what God can actually do in our lives. I've noticed that, I mean, my goodness, almost in every area of life, but if you just take something like, you know, the news commitments you make to get fit and healthy, and uh, I know for me that lasts about two days, <laughs> and uh, like, what happened to that faith? Uh, reality happens to that faith. Here's what faith does. Faith lifts your perspective to see your life from God's perspective. 
Faith lifts your perspective. It's much the same way that when you go into the lobby of a hotel, you get into the elevator, you press the button, you go to the top floor. And you get out of the same elevator in the same location, same building, but it's amazing if you've ever been to like a rooftop dining experience or a lookout to a restaurant up high, you get out and all of a sudden you have a panoramic view of the city and it's, and it's beautiful and you can see for miles. Just think about this, you're in the same position you were, all that's happened is that your perspective has gone higher and you're now seeing from a higher perspective and because you're seeing from a higher perspective, now you're seeing further, now you're seeing more, now you're realizing there's a whole lot more around me than what I even realized when I was down in the lobby. I didn't see all that was going on, but now that I've come up higher, I can see to the horizon. Faith lifts your perspective and helps you see from a God perspective, not from a you perspective, not from a me perspective, but a God perspective that is needed in our families, it is needed in our marriages, it is needed in our workplace, it is needed in our businesses, and it is needed in our churches that we don't just look around and go, well, what I see right now, that's all there is. What I see right now in my marriage, that's all there is. What I see in my family, what I see in my business, what I see in my career, what I see in my church, faith says, That's just the lobby. But I want to go up and see the full panoramic view of everything that God has for my life. Hebrews chapter 11 says this awesome statement. It says, without faith, it is impossible to please God or to receive anything from Him. Just think about that for a moment, that without this quality of faith in our lives, it is impossible to receive the favor of God. It is impossible to fully receive everything that God has for us. So, hey, don't you think faith is pretty important? If without it, it's impossible to please God. If without it, we don't receive the fullness of what God has for us. It makes it an essential. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8 says this, For by grace you are saved through faith, and it goes on to say this, it is a gift of God. So faith is not a product of your emotions. It's not even a product of you creating something in your life that doesn't exist. One of the great things about faith, and I think something that puts us at rest, is the knowledge that faith is a gift that has been given to you by God. And so it's not like we need to come to church and be like, God, Give me faith, because that person next to me clearly has faith, and I, I don't know, where's my faith? I'm not really feeling it. God, give me faith. Well, somehow we've got to try and just force it as much as we can, and then I've got faith. Faith is a gift, and like all gifts from God are given freely. So you are saved, it's through grace, but it's by your faith. But we know that salvation doesn't come through our own ability or our own works. All of it is a gift. And so even the faith that you have to believe in God is given to you by God. It's a gift from God. So faith is a gift, but here's the catch. It comes in seed format. It comes in seed format. And uh, when you go into Bunnings, which I have been known to do from time to time, it's just around the corner from my house, and 
<laughs> I think I should be like a platinum cast, like roll out the red carpet. He's here. Um, I have been known to just buy the same things over and over again when I go into Bunnings. I don't know why. It's just like you go in and I get carried away and uh, weed kill is my product of choice. I don't know why. Our garage is just filled with like five liter. It's like, what's going on? You already, I come home and Cindy says, you know, we've already got some. I'm like, no, I don't think we do. And then she's like, takes me to the garage and there's, you know, bottles everywhere and always go into Bunnings like Ikea. You spend more than what you think. I went into, uh, to Bunnings recently, just this week, and I brought some plants, trying my hand at gardening. Pray for me. And when you buy a potted plant, it costs more than going to the seed section and getting just a packet of seeds. Now, I am not even venturing into the seed aisle. I'm like, I know I need something like that high that I can work with that. A seed, I don't know if I have that kind of gardening ability. And so I go and I buy a, a, a plant. But if you think about the concept of a seed, it's, it's delicate. It has to be cultivated. It has to be nurtured. It has to be fertilized. It has to be watered. You have to take care of a seed in order to see the seed grow and develop. And our Christian faith and our journey together as a church family and a church community is that journey of the fact that God has placed a seed in our hearts and he's placed a seed in our lives. But unfortunately, it's not like pulling up to a tree farm where we pull up in a truck and God just like loads it in and it's all ready to go and you just drive home and there's 30 years of growth. But you get saved, God gives you a seed. Throughout your Christian faith, God gives you other seeds. He puts other dreams. He puts other hopes in your life. So faith comes in the form of a seed. It's a gift. It's up to us to cultivate, be responsible, and develop the seed that God has given us. And I want to let you know this morning that God has placed seeds of better things and of greater things in your life that you have not yet seen. And you may be facing challenges in your life that you're believing for answers for, whether that's overcoming depression or getting out of debt, seeing restoration in your marriage or family. Maybe you're just having a hope that you can see life with a more positive attitude. I want to let you know there's something growing in you that God is not done with you yet. He's growing something He is developing something deep in our lives. Luke chapter 17 and verse 5 says this, the apostles speaking to Jesus and they said, increase our faith. Jesus, increase our faith. That's the cry of my heart in so many situations where, where I can't see where's this going to go. How's this movie going to end? How is this going to play out? And the cry is, God, I know you've got things covered and I know you've got things worked out for me, but God, increase my faith. Take me to a higher perspective so that I don't just live in the now and in the immediate and in the day-to-day. Lord, help me see my life from your perspective, even the name of the church forever lord help me have an eternal perspective help me not just see right now help me see beyond right now 
and the fullness of what you have for me. This dilemma that we all face between now and the fullness of God's promises in our life, uh, we see right back in the origins of Scripture, in fact, right back in Genesis, we see this kind of play out and unfold a little bit with Adam and Eve in the garden. And this story always fascinates me, the kind of the sequence of events that God creates this paradise, this, this Eden, which is beyond anything we could imagine, so wonderful, so beautiful. And he, he creates Adam and, and, and Eve and he places them in there and they have freedom and they have abundance and they have relationship with God and they walk with God in the cool of the afternoon. And we're painted this incredible picture of Eden in Genesis. And yet so quickly, so quickly, the serpent is able to come in and question the core of Eve and Adam and instead of being satisfied with what they had instead of being content with everything God had given them what did the enemy tempt them with just a little bit more maybe you're missing out on some things maybe God's holding back from you in fact maybe some of the boundaries God has placed in your life is really more about him and it's less about you and he's actually stealing from you and holding things that would be awesome if you would just trust me and so we know that Eve first and then Adam ate from the forbidden fruit in doing so here's what happened The serpent came and he questioned the word of God. And he said, did God really say? Did God really say? I know I've felt those same questions in my life when the gap between now and I know what God has for me is so wide and so far and you kind of hear that voice, did God really, did I mishear? Is that what he's really, is that really the dream that he put on my heart? Is that really the vision that he put in my heart? Our dilemma of faith always starts with us questioning God's word over our lives. It always starts with us questioning, did God really say that over my life? And we see it play out in this story of Adam and Eve, the questioning And I think so often we have to make sure that we are answering the right questions. There are some questions we don't even need to answer because they're not the right questions. And God did say and God did speak and God's word is for you. And God has a great future for you. For Adam and Eve, it didn't go too well because they allowed the word of God over their life to be questioned. When the enemy came and said, did God really say? That's why the Bible says, the just shall live by the mind. Did I get that wrong? (laughs) I think what the Bible says is, the just shall live by your willpower. Maybe that's what the Bible says. Or the just shall live by just how incredible you are or how good looking you are. Some of you, you're you're unstoppable here this morning. I believe Romans chapter 1 says the just shall live by faith. By faith. In other words, even when you don't see it, even when it doesn't make sense, 
even when according to your own mind and circumstances, the just shall live by faith. And if God has spoken it over your life, that's the only word to listen to for you and your future. I think that deserves just a little amen. Just a little amen this morning. Only because I'm family, I would ask for that. You have to give me some benefits because I'm family. I'll take a little amen this morning. Hey, let me give you three different uh, aspects of faith in lives. In our lives, you can write this down or you can just memorize it. Some of you have got that covered this morning. You can see that. Uh, progression of faith in our life. So often how we see it unfolding in Scripture through many different examples. Number one, a promise is given to us. A promise is given. That is the creation of faith. Promises spoken, the Word of God. A promise is given and faith is created. A seed is deposited in your life. When God speaks, there is the creation of faith in your life. So number one, the promise given. But here's number two, promise delayed. Promises given, number two, promise delayed. And we can define this sequence in the process as the trial of our faith. So we have creation of faith where God speaks and something is promised, but then we have a delay. Almost every time through Scripture you see a promise given, a word given, and then there is a delay in that word. There is a trial of faith. And then number three, this is my favorite, promise fulfilled, which is the realization of our faith. Promise fulfilled. Sometimes with the narrative of Scripture, because we are summarizing lives in maybe a few verses, few chapters, few pages, we don't really get the essence of timing when we read the Bible because we kind of read something and then three verses later it resolves itself. And we're like, well, that's awesome. <laughs> it only took three verses. But that might have been 10 years in somebody's life. And oftentimes it was. When we see just the journey of Saul being transformed and saved and becoming Paul from when he then first was released to do what he was called to do was some 14 years. Now we read it and it's just, it's just the beginning of Acts and we go from the knocked off your donkey experience, Jesus speaks, went and spent some time somewhere, doesn't really cover that too much and then Paul is this amazing dude preaching, starting churches and just on fire. And we're like, that's awesome, that's like three verses, I can do that. <laughs> we might miss the whole, that was like a decade, that's that's a pretty long time. <laughs> it's the real deal. Number two is what trips us up. It's not the creation of faith, the promise given, nor is it the realization of faith, promise fulfilled. It's when our promise is delayed and the trial and the testing of our faith. <laughs> Otherwise, it would be pretty easy. You would wake up every morning, you would take a selfie of yourself and post it on Facebook. And just hashtag it, on fire. <laughs> now, I've seen some of your Facebook posts, and it ain't that. All right? I can give you some coaching on that. It ain't that. Because it doesn't always feel like that, right? It's not the way life always goes. There's the reality of life. The testing, the trials, 
I think of the life of Joseph, this man who was given a word that was so compelling, he could not keep it inside of himself. And so the first thing he does is he runs and he gathers his brothers and he says, guys, you're not going to believe this word that I was given. But God has spoken to me. What's that? Creation of faith. Promise given. Seed deposited. And he gathered his brothers around. It's like, hey, this is amazing. This is so cool. You guys are all going to bow down and worship me. He's waiting for the applause. Well, his brothers are so enraged that they decide to kill him. It's only a last minute reprieve to throw him in a pit, sell him into slavery and frame, fake his murder to his own father. That was their generosity to actually not kill him, which was in their hearts to do. They were so angered by his dream. Joseph goes from favored, coat of many colors, man of destiny, whole world at his footstep, an incredible future of unlimited potential, influence, and in a moment, his own family, <laughs> he's in a pit, he's sold. Category two, faith tested. Again, easy to read through. Like, hey, he went, this is awesome. Look at how Joseph finished up. Yeah, but it was decades. <laughs> and it actually went from bad to worse. You know, you kind of go, well, there, he's had like a little trial. And um, God rescued him. It's like God just left him. That's what it seems like. Just let the process play out. Because then even when he gets into Egypt, he then gets a bit of success. No doubt at that point, you're thinking, okay, I'm, turning, I'm finally turning my life around. God has finally remembered me. And then he gets framed for adultery. He's thrown in prison, forgotten about in prison. I mean, do you just see what happened in this man's life? I'm telling you, it's stage two. That's the hardest stage. It's that way for your career. If we just talk everyday life, it's that, day for the dream, that way for the dreams God's placed in your life. It's that way often family life. It's that way, I believe, in church life. Uh, vision is more than a statement. It's more than a written... It's an emotion. It's something that God brands us with to say, this is what I have called you to do. And then stage two hits and our faith is tested. And our faith is refined. I wish we could leapfrog stage two and just get a dream from God and receive faith. And the next day we wake up and everything is there. The whole tree is growing. We're like, this is easy. This is, God is good. This is so easy. But God has the process there for a reason. In Joseph's life, we know he used even the difficult chapters of his life to refine who Joseph was and strategically position him for greater influence and impact than he would have ever received if he did it his own way. Faith takes us 
from our limited perspective now and lifts us up to see our lives from a God perspective. How are you seeing your life right now? When you think about your life now, what do you see? Maybe you see the circumstances that you're facing. Maybe you have some good circumstances and you have some bad circumstances. If you only have good circumstances, please come and talk to me after the service. I need to eat whatever you're eating. I don't know if that's reality for any of us. That we would just be like, perfection. I woke up this morning and just perfect. I'm perfect. You know, you're going to love those posts on, on social media. I'm perfect. How are you? We have good circumstances and we have challenges. And I've found often we have both of them happening at the same time in our life. There are things that are going well. And then on the other hand, I've got challenges over in this area of my life. And I've got some things here and there are some dreams that haven't come to fruition yet that I'm believing for. And yet God is doing some great things over here. It's easy to look at our circumstances. But if we start to reduce the level of our faith to our present circumstances, then here's what will happen. One day your faith will be really high. When things are going great, when it feels like everything is working out, faith will be high. And then the next day, when things aren't going well, your faith will drop. And then, and then the next day, you get a promotion. God is good again. Faith goes up. He's remembered me. And then the next day, you, your best friend says they never want to talk to you again. You're like, God's, God's forgotten about me. Now my friendships are falling apart because I got a promotion. And up and down. You make some new friends. You say, God is good again. This is awesome. And then you go to catch up with them and see a movie and you crash your car on the way there. <laughs> like, what happened? If we marry our faith to our circumstances, we will have a yo-yo existence, right? Up and down, up and down. What gives us consistency from a high level is not marrying ourselves to our circumstances. What about this one? Emotions or how we feel. I don't know about you, but I see my, I've got three boys and they give Zara a run for her money. Don't worry about that. But three boys and man, they're cute and they're energetic and, and they're emotional. Seriously, they're like teenagers. My oldest boy, Houston, is seven and he is like a 13 year old right now for the foot stomping and the slamming of his door and everything else. I even came down recently and he had written a note and taped it to his door saying, Daddy, do not come in. I'm like, he's seven. What is with these emotions? Are you kidding me? He's like a teenager right now. But we are emotional. Right? We're human. We're emotional. We express ourselves. And again, if our faith is somehow intertwined with our emotions, then some days... We're feeling awesome and we're feeling great. Life will be good. But then other days we won't quite be feeling that. What about this one? Our flesh. The Bible talks about our flesh as essentially being our human nature, our sin nature, that side of us which is not a good side. So when our culture tells us and our generation tells us, do whatever you feel like, do whatever makes you happy, do follow your heart, the Bible tells us that our heart is sinfully wicked above all else. In other words, if you just listen to how you feel and what you think will make you happy, and what you think is the best thing just for you, it actually takes you down a pathway that if you want to know what that pathway is, just take a look at our generation. It's a selfish pathway. It's a pathway that says, do whatever makes you happy, no matter how much destruction you leave along the way, and no matter if you just live for yourself and your own world. 
flesh. Let's not live by our circumstances or our feelings or our flesh, but a faith perspective, a higher perspective. So that even if I've got challenging circumstances, even if I'm emotional, and even if my will is saying to me, I want to go and do this or I want to go and do that, I'm living from a high perspective in my life to say, I've seen a panoramic view of what God has for my life. I've seen a panorama of what God has for my family. And I'm not going to throw that away for circumstances, emotions, or flesh. I've seen the panoramic view of what God has called me to do in terms of the ministry that he's put in my life and he's put it in all of our hearts. I've seen those, those gifts that God's put in my life and I'm going to see things from a perspective. I've seen what God's called me to do in business and with my career and in the marketplace and I'm not just going to give in to circumstances now or how I'm feeling. I'm going to see my life from a panoramic view. Can you imagine as a church community? If we all said, you know what, this is not about our circumstances right now, but thank God for the great circumstances that we have. And this is not about how I feel right now. And this is not even about my own will or what I want. But together, we're going to go on a journey where we see a God perspective for what he's called us to do and who he's called us to be. We're not going to limit ourselves to what we see right now, because I want to tell you what you're seeing right now is not the end of the journey. What you're seeing right now is not the fullness of what God has for you. There's more. There's a higher level. There's a new perspective in Jesus' name. Thank you. Let me give you some quick, uh, quick thoughts on how to develop faith in your life. If it's important, we need to see from a higher perspective. Uh, just some things that I know have really helped me when it comes to a faith perspective in my life. And I, I think more than anything else, there's an underlying message from the Bible as it relates to faith and our perspective, which is that faith comes from the Word of God. Romans 10 puts it this way So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So here's the thing the more you expose yourself to the Word of God, the greater your faith will be be. If you want to grow in your faith, and just think about this for a second, sometimes secular businesses and leaders and sports players can tap into the same dynamic of faith and see better results sometimes than the church and Christians. It shouldn't be that all secular organizations and companies that sell products have greater faith and a higher perspective than churches. And we're just stuck seeing now and going, well, this is it. And then you've got businesses out there going, no, we want to change the world. We want to change our generation. That should be us, right? That should be us. But we need the perspective. Now, if they can tap into it, think of it, and they don't have the Holy Spirit, and they don't have the Word of God, but just such as the gift that God has given us that it's there and it works, how much more in your life, in your family, in your career, should we be able to tap into this dynamic of faith, see it grow? Why? We've got the Holy Spirit. And we've got the Word of God, and it tells us in Romans that our faith grows through the Word of God. The life of faith means that we do the things in His Word, regardless of how we feel. And over time, that builds and develops who we are as people. And it develops our faith, and it develops our 
perspective by basing our lives on the Word of God. Faith comes through hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Second Timothy 3 puts it this way, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. So when you read the Bible, no matter where you read or where you start, it's a God thought for your life. It's the word of God for your life. There's faith that you can receive there when people pray over you and you receive the prophetic word. It's a God gift over your life. It comes in a seed format for you to see it develop and grow in your life. If you were to think about your own journey in life and you think about those three categories, promise given, promise delayed, and promise fulfilled. Where do you feel you fit in those different areas of your life? I feel like for myself, there are some where I'd go, you know what, I've seen some promises fulfilled in my life and I find that deeply encouraging because there are other areas of my life that are like it. Number one, I just feel like God's given me a seed or a promise, don't quite know what to think of it or do with it and but I'm excited by it and there are others that are just like deeply frustrating. You're like, but I know that's been there for years and God when and God how, I don't even know how that would even happen or, but because I've had some number threes in my life, I kind of go, you know what? He's been faithful in those areas, even when I didn't see it at the time, but it's amazing how God worked that out and I know that the areas where my faith is being tested, God is going to do some awesome things which become part of my testimony in life. Second Timothy chapter 1 and verse 13 says this, follow the pattern of the sound words that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. I love that. Follow the pattern. One of the things I love about church life that you don't get just listening to a podcast, reading a blog, and saying, I've been to church today. I think you've listened to a podcast and you've read a blog, but you haven't been to church today. I think there's something about being a part of a church family because it involves human beings, which I think is a good thing. (laughs) It involves people. And the good thing about that is that we can see patterns and we can learn from leaders within church life and you can see and go you know what I've seen the way that they've conducted their life or I've seen the way they run their business and their integrity and their ethics I've seen the way that that person who's so busy during the week and they're a business person but they get here early on a Sunday and they're out shaking hands and making coffee for people what an awesome pattern and I see people who lay down their life to do something greater for the kingdom of God I see a pattern of families and marriage and it's something that that inspires me i know for me it's that pattern the pattern of others that we can then fashion and develop our faith around in our own life a really important thing with faith is to recognize that faith is not a force that if i have enough of this then god's going to listen to me and he's only going to respond if i have enough of this god's word for you and god's love for you and God's grace towards you is unending. All faith does is it just simply positions you to receive what God has already given you. It's not trying to get things from God that he hasn't given you. He's already given it to you. 
Faith just helps position you to receive the fullness of what God has already given to you. And so there are things that God has given to us in the Word of God that as we read, you can write those down and go, that's a promise for me. That's a promise for my life. He's already given me that. I have joy. I have peace, right? I I, I have the goodness of God in my life. They're gifts that God has given. I don't need to wake up in the morning and go, God, give me peace. He's given it to me. But a faith perspective allows me to receive the fullness of what God has for me. We know that in Jesus' times, there were entire communities of people that could not receive the fullness of what Jesus had for them because of their lack of faith. Now, that's amazing. In other words, it was there for them, and Jesus was there, and everything he had for them was there. They didn't need to come and try to earn that. They didn't need to try and come and beg for it. It was there. It was free. It was a gift. It was just simply that they weren't willing to receive it. And so everything that he already had for them, they missed out on. Faith just puts you in the right place to fully receive everything that God has. The greatest challenge to our faith is our circumstances, emotions, feelings, our will. Recently, um, if you have young kids, you'll probably relate, but most of the movies I watch these days are children's movies. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Any parents? Uh, Oh my goodness, I've seen kids' movies like the same ones uh, hundreds of times. We have a DVD player in the car and it's a little bit challenging to change the DVD and so The Chipmunks is on at the moment. It's the current DVD of choice. Uh, I've heard The Chipmunks. I can recite to you. Can we just stop preaching for a minute and I can just do the whole Chipmunks movie for you right now? (laughs) There are actually some pretty good kids' movies um, but uh, it's funny, you know, the kids' shows and everything and... But there was one movie on recently that was a bit of a throwback to my childhood, which was Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. And um, cool movie. And I remember you know, watching it and whole idea is kind of fascinating and gripping. A family shrunken down. Dad's crazy experiment in the garage. His home laboratory goes wrong and these guys get, get shrunk. And the special effects were a bit different back then. <laughs> but when I saw it the first time, it was like amazing. And now you see it and you're like, what is this? Amateur hour? What's going on? This is, now it looks artificial. But when I first saw it, it was amazing. And uh, if you remember the movie, the kids get shrunken down to miniatures and they're microscopic. And so they're running around in the grass that we walk on just so casually and they're just like these massive... It's like a jungle walking through the grass and tiny insects like ants and bees become these massive beasts and monsters because they're now smaller than them. And when I was watching a bit of this, it just made me reflect on just perspective, perspective in life. We can both look at the same thing. We can both look at the same circumstance and yet we can walk away from it with a totally different observation or a take on that. It's, a, it's the same in life. A faith perspective means I can look in at a situation and walk away with a good report because I'm seeing it from a higher perspective. And what could look really big down low, up at a God perspective, which remember, faith is seeing life from a God perspective. Now, it's like, well, that looks small. That looks achievable. But when we take faith out of the equation, here's what happens. Uh, we get shrunk. In our perspectives get shrunk. 
and who we are as people get shrunk and what really are quite small objects and small circumstances and small obstacles and small challenges now look insurmountable. The ants in life look like they are out to terrorize you and attack you. The things that really you were built and created to walk on and have total authority over and not even give a second thought when you'd walk out of church today, you'd walk around and go, oh my goodness, there are ants on the footpath. Everybody look out, right? You just walk over, you don't even notice. You're not looking for it. You have probably murdered five ants coming into church today, totally unaware of the atrocity that you have done out in the parking lot. We just walk. Why? Because we have dominion. They're microscopic. We don't give way to them. But with that perspective, the kids are running from the ants because they look so big to them. Faith is a God perspective. Faith is seeing your life, not from a shrunken mentality, where my circumstances mount up, my emotions mount up, my flesh mounts up, and all of a sudden I'm overpowered by life, and there's grass, and there's beasts, but really they're ants, and it's just turf. And God has created you to walk on those things. Faith lifts us. I know I want to see my life from a higher perspective. I don't want to live with the ants. Are you there this morning? And I don't want to live in the grass. I want to live from a perspective where things are in their right order. Where the things that are small in faith, I recognize I've got authority. I'm not going to allow those things to dictate my life. I'm not going to allow one person's opinion of me to shape my destiny. I'm not going to allow the way I was treated to rob me of my future. Well, I was hurt by a church and this person, I'm not going to allow one bad experience from one dysfunctional person to stop me for the fullness of what God has for my life. Let's live at a high perspective. Sometimes I wonder, has honey shrunk the church? Because if you're around Christians long enough, which this church is different. I felt that from the first time I came in. It actually felt heavenly to me. I was so glad to leave my church and come here this morning. It's like, thank goodness. You guys are just, wow, it's an upgrade. You guys feel amazing. But just some other churches I know. Definitely not here. Definitely. It can feel like that. Right? Honey shrunk to church. Christians with small attitudes, microscopic perspectives, We've been chased around by ants. Who has God created us to be as a church? Faith brings us back to who we're created to be. A God perspective. To see life the way that God has created us. It doesn't matter about the family you were raised in. It doesn't matter about the cycle that maybe you feel you're trapped in. You say, well, it's been generations or this is who I am or you know what? God can do something new in your generation. God can turn things around. God can break off some of the things that you feel. I'm caught in just cycles of dysfunction. God can change things. My grandma was middle-aged, divorced, and raising two heathen, sinful, (laughs) rock star sons until a man approached her in a post office box in West End and said, I want to talk to you about Jesus. And she gave her heart to Jesus. And she came to church And those heathen sons, one of which would ride his motorbike through the front door into the living room and into his bedroom to park it because his his mum had no control over him, eventually came to church as well and gave their hearts to Jesus. One of those sons had long hair (laughs) and played very loud music. 
and smoked a pipe. And that's another story in itself. (laughs) But in a family of dysfunction, with not much money, with the odds stacked against them, Jesus entered the equation and something changed. Well, that that middle-aged lady who gave her heart to Jesus is my grandma. And one of those sons, I won't tell you if it was the pipe-smoking one or the motorbike-riding one, was my father. And now, generations later, not only here I am, but here are my kids. Right? That's a faith perspective. And you could be the middle-aged woman. If you're a man, that might be a really odd statement for you to receive right now in the post office. But you can be the one that turns things around for your generation. You can be the one that sets your whole family on a new trajectory and a new course. You can be the one that says, you know what? There might be people that go from here to here to here to different churches in this city, but I'm just going to stay and sow my life and be an anchor in a church and be a pillar because I can see something from a different perspective. You can be the one. You see, here's the thing with churches. Churches are built and it's like, the whole seed and tree thing. We don't go to Bunnings and just, we turn up and it's just, woo, here it is. It takes people to sow their lives and to say, I'm going to build something. I'm going to cultivate something. I'm going to nurture something. Don't give your whole life to cultivating just your business and your career and your bank account and your own finances and neglect cultivating the seed, which is the church that God has planted you in. If God has placed you here, you're here for a reason. You're here to contribute. You're here because God's got a place for you here. And so then go the whole way in. Don't don't sit on the outskirts, but say, God, if I'm here, I embrace it because I see life from a faith perspective. And I think that is something that gives great power to your future and to your life. Yes, you'd like to say something, please? Yeah, sure. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate that. The other person. Yeah. It's a good point. Let's keep going. Jason can come. You're a good man, Pastor Jason. I've known this man for a long time right here. What a great man. Thank you, my friend. Are you going to serenade me as I on your electric guitar I think anyone with an electric guitar looks cool (laughs) Jason especially number one promise given number two promise tested and delayed and number three promise fulfilled in your life in your family career, ministry, church. We're probably all at different places. The thing that we all share in common is to try and see our life from that God perspective, which is what faith does. Faith brings us all into the elevator. I was in an elevator in the city this week after a function and it was clearly full and there were like three people (laughs) and they crammed in and it was really full and you pressed and you pressed the button and you go up together. God takes us on a journey together. 
The bell rings and we get out and we see things from a different perspective. Same location, same place, but our perspective has been enlarged to see what we didn't see. That's what faith does. Faith has done that in my walk, in my family. When I look at the family that I'm a part of right now, and not that I have another family, um, but it's amazing. And it's a testimony to the faithfulness of, of God in, in my life. Uh, it's, it's a gift. You know, I look at my kids and I look at just the goodness of God and I say, wow, that's a, it's an awesome thing just to serve God and live for God and have a faith perspective that sees beyond. But you know what? That's been modeled to me. That's been patterned to me, like what First Timothy talks about, that pattern of faith. It's been patterned to me by people like your apostles, Greg and Julie, and your other apostles here on the front row. Well, I have been able to see uh, an amazing family and, uh, and generations serving God. So I just get to slot into something that's already there. It's, it's a pattern. It's a pattern of faith. And... I'm so blessed to be able to spend time with you this morning because I know that at this moment in your journey as you've just entered into a new building, it's just a really great season. It's a great season of faith and a great season for the future of what God's called you to to be as a church and who God's called you to reach and the difference He's called you to make in this city and to be a a voice to this nation prophetically. I know that's something that's on this church and uh, what a joy to be able to come and just spend a bit of time with you this morning. But if you were to think about your own life as it relates to this journey, I want to encourage you today that God wants to take you higher in your life. God wants to take you higher. God wants to lift your perspective so that you can see more. So that we remember the bigness of God. Faith helps us see the bigness of God, not the bigness of our problems and the ants and the grass, but the bigness of God that's revealed to us through the word of God, that he is the God of the impossible, that everything was created for him and through him and by him, that he is the alpha and the omega. He is the beginning and he is the end. He is the same God that parted the Red Sea. He is the same God that made the blind see and the lame walk. He is the same God that raised Lazarus from the grave. The same God that saved Jonah from the belly of a whale. He is the God that never forgets you, never abandons you, but loves you. And I want you to know your best days, your best days are ahead of you. Your best days are ahead of you. Let's not live by circumstances or emotions or feelings. But let's understand if God has given me a promise and there was the creation of faith and God's given me a seed, it doesn't matter how many stage twos I've got to go through and how often it seems like this promise is delayed. If God spoke it, God's going to do it. If God's given it to you, he is faithful to see it the whole way through to the end. Our faith is not in our own ability to go, I'm awesome, I'm incredible. Faith means we just simply recognize how not awesome we are and how amazingly incredible God is and his bigness over our life and that he can do it. He can do it. He's the mountain moving God. He can do it. If you're facing obstacles that feel insurmountable, God can do it. If you need a breakthrough in different areas of your life, it's not just a matter of your own strength, your own ability. God can do it. 
God can do it. Would you stand to your feet this morning? We're going to pray. Why don't you just take a moment just to close your eyes and look to God this morning. So enjoyed uh, being with you this morning. Thank you so much for having me. Just love being a part of the family and appreciated being able to spend this service with you this morning. I want you just to take a moment in this point of reflection to consider your own journey in life and seeing things from a higher perspective. Could be in family life, could be in career, could be in your ministry within this church, could be with health. I mean, it just could be with any number of real life issues that God's saying, wow, you kind of perspective shrunken and little things look like big things and let's get in the elevator and go higher see your future the way God sees it see your life the way God sees your life just right now as every head is bad every eye is closed I want to pray specifically for people here this morning that you'd say I feel like I'm in that second stage promises delayed testing trial of my faith and I want my faith to be encouraged this morning. If that's you, if you're in that second category, I'm going to pray for you just where you're standing this morning. But just simply slip up your hand and say, Ben, that's me. I want to pray for you. That's awesome. Just hands going up all over the room this morning. Lord, I thank you right now. Lord, for every person that would say, there are areas of my life where I feel like my faith is being tested. There's a trial of my faith. There are delays that are happening. And Lord, I thank you that we are never forgotten and that we are never abandoned. And that Lord, even Joseph in the midst of his journey... That some of the moments and seasons where it seemed like the odds were against him and that things were going in the wrong direction were ultimately used for the fullness of what you had for him. And Lord, this morning we pray together as a church family for breakthrough. Lord, we pray right now, Lord, that visions and dreams in this place would be fulfilled and surpassed. Lord, we pray that the testimony of our lives would be that you did abundantly more than we could ever hope for or conceive. But God, you went over and above. Lord, we pray that we would see our lives from a higher perspective, a God perspective, a fresh perspective. Lord, I pray collectively, Lord, lift our vision. Lord, lift our vision even for church to say, God, we know you've got more. Lord, we can see further. Look at all that's ahead of us. That, Lord, our vision would compel us, inspire us, motivate us for the journey that you've got in front of us. Lord, we thank you for breakthrough. Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness. Lord, we thank you for your word over our lives. And Lord, this morning, we give you all our praise and all of our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, why don't you God a hand this morning? Amen. 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 Again, thank you so much for uh, having us today. Uh, great to be with you as part of our family. God bless you. We are so blessed just to be partnering with you. And I'm going to hand it over to Pastor Dallas this morning. Thank you so much.